You're listening to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority of their families. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Todd Lesher. I am your host, and today we are joined by a friend of Forest Hill, a friend of mine, Ryan Carson. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. It's good to have you here. I am so glad to be here. Good to be with you again. I've been thinking about all of our memories and friendship. Yeah, and, man. Uh, so good to be with you again. So yeah, thanks for inviting I'm, me. I've really been looking forward to having you on this podcast. So uh, before we get into our topic, which is a big one today, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about who you are? Yeah, thanks so much. Well, I'm married to um, Bethany, and we are coming up on 10 amazing years of marriage. Yes, congrats. Uh, thank you. We have four kiddos at this point. Anna Grace is six, Caleb is four, Emily is two, and Joshua is seven months. So our tribe is increasing. Yes, it is. Uh, it's amazing. So yeah, I was the former student pastor here at the South Park campus, was working here with students and children for between seven and eight years. Um, really got my start as far as leadership development yeah. and walking with the Lord here at Forest Hill. So love this church so much. And uh, 2013, um, I came off staff uh, in a student ministry role and transitioned to a church planner role, and our church was sent out in October of 2014 to start. So Mission Community Church um, is going really well. Uh, the community is growing. I think we're gaining a deeper understanding of the gospel. We're, we're really pressing into worship and seeing what it looks like biblically. Um, and, and I think one of the main things for our church right now, we're trying to figure out what does it look like to press into deep, accurate theology and doctrine and yet pursue passionately the things of the Spirit. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where we're at as a church, but we're going through the book of Acts, and, and it's really proven to be fruitful yeah. you know, for our people. So that's, well, a little, that's, that's a little update. Things are going really well. We really appreciate and love the Forest Hill family yeah. and um, yeah. how we've grown here and what they've meant to, to us and to our family and now to our church. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. that's great. Well, I'm excited for your family, your tribe, uh, your church. Mm. Uh, Ryan and I uh, probably got to know each other best on the basketball court, mm -hmm. and we became uh, friends in the midst of uh, those games and worked together, and we actually talked a lot about this topic mm -hmm. with the students that we worked with uh, for a number of years. Mm -hmm. So, parents, brace yourself. Yep. We're going to talk about protecting your family against pornography. And uh, I've asked Ryan to, to join us for this episode because, as I mentioned, uh, we talked a lot about this uh, with students throughout the year, and he's done a lot of research on uh, the effects of pornography uh, and influence on the lives of kids and adolescents and families, as well as within uh, marriage uh, between husband and wife, men and women. So, but to kind of uh, lean into you all as parents, we see parents as the spiritual leaders of their families who can use their influence to shape the life and faith of their kids. And even though this can feel like a daunting role, we've talked about this a number of times, there are a lot of other influences out there that have the power to impact our kids in some really negative and harmful ways. And one of those harmful influences is pornography. Yeah. And so, uh, Ryan, what are some just basic stats about pornography usage right now? 
Yeah, well, the the stats are changing. I mean, almost on a monthly basis, right. just because yeah. this is such a a fluid topic, and there's new things coming out all the time. So, I, I would say this: first of all, with anything, stats are not always the most reliable thing. Mm-hmm. But let me throw out a couple things from some very reputable um, sources that I think can be really helpful in this. Let yeah. me just start with um, the fact that uh, it's free. Um, that's a stat. That's a number. That's yeah. what it costs. Yeah. It doesn't cost anyone anything. Yeah, it doesn't. Co- I mean, it costs the price of a device, mm-hmm. and once that's paid for, then you have constant access to it. So, that's the first thing that's very alarming: is you don't you don't have to pay for pornography. Um, second thing that I want to point out is that right now, what what I'm hearing, what I'm understanding, is that the average age of the first exposure to pornography is between seven and eight years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what that means for us is that, you know, babies are no longer babies. Mm. Um, culture is trying to rip away the purity and joy of childhood because now you don't actually have to go looking po- for pornography. Pornography comes looking for yeah, you. Yeah, and and yeah. so the term is targeting. Wow. Right. They are targeting children in this age group. So whether it be commercials or whether it be um, just influences that they put in Disney movies nowadays or whatever it might be, but they are the culture is targeting. This industry is targeting children, mm-hmm. and that's very uh, that's very alarming. Um, another thing to just kind of point out here is that the fastest growing demographic is young girls. Um, now here's what's scary about that. Yes, they are looking to it for some of their own desires and some of their own pleasure. Um, but really, a lot of young girls are looking at this so that they can take cues from some of the mm. women on these pod or not on these podcasts, um, some, some of the women on these videos. They're, they're actually looking at it so that they can practice, so that they can mm. see what it looks like to be more desirable to young men and how they can sexually please them and how they can perform that mm-hmm. that th- these porn stars are becoming role models for our little girls wow. yeah that's very scary so well one thing you know i, I want i want parents to to hear kind of as we move forward is we're we're bringing up this information because it is real and just like you said uh, you really don't have to go seek it out pornography will seek you out. Mm-hmm. It will find you. And so parents, you can choose two responses to this. You can choose a, an unhealthy fear that leads to paralysis mm-hmm. that you, you can't do anything. You're just crippled by this, this fear and this horror of these stats. Or you can have a healthy fear or an awareness of mm-hmm. going, okay, this is good to know. So kind of like gird yourself or prepare yourself mm-hmm. for now how you can um, engage it in a way that defends your family. We've talked about it before, but we see parents as guardians and gardeners. Mm. They grow their children and they protect their children. So we're leaning in to your role as protector throughout. So those stats are really helpful. It's to raise the awareness to go, hey, you don't have to wait for your child to become a teenager to have to deal with pornography. We actually have to deal with it earlier than we want to. You know, it, it we don't ever want to have to deal with it, but we're, we have to get smart and sensitive to the fact that we have to start dealing with it it's, sooner it, than later. It's so true, and it's it's everywhere. Um, it's not just the the children and the young girls and the young boys, but it's everywhere. It's adults. Yeah. Um, a couple other little stats just to throw out here. The Journal of Sex Research um, did a study on the most trafficked websites in the world, and they found out that 4% 
of all websites um, of the top million that are most popular are pornographic in nature. And then going back to 2009, between July of 2009 and July of 2010, 13% of all web searches were for erotic content. Mm-hmm. Um, that There's a lot of internet searches that happen every single day. And to have 13% in one area is, is really scary. So um, another just Barna research tells us that 79% of males between the age of 18 and 30 view pornography once a month, mm. and 63% view pornography more than one time per week. Um, males between the age of 31 and 49, 67% viewed pornography once a month. I mean, it's the, the statistics are crazy. We could go on and on about yeah, that. It's permeating. Yeah, yeah, it's permeating. Yeah, it's everywhere. It's permeating every, every area. So why is this a big deal? We have these stats, but what are the effects on children, adolescents, on the family? Yeah, so uh, let me just share a couple different kind of categories here. So I would say spiritually. Um, Spiritually, it breaks our fellowship with God. It, It just does. It doesn't break our relationship with God, but it puts hindrances and it puts things in the way obstacles in the way of us experiencing the presence of God the that manifest presence that that closeness that we all long to feel um another thing spiritually it it allows the demonic into our lives mm. it does we don't like to talk about the demonic sure, but sure. Jesus did um and so one of Jesus's main ministries was deliverance and casting yeah, out demons yeah. that come against um his people so it allows the demonic in it compromises our holiness um, it causes us to use others instead of love them, mm. um, and, it, and, it, and it instills a lifestyle that encourages us to be driven by our flesh. Yeah. And, and so spiritually, it doesn't do us any good. Galatians 5 talks about the difference between walking by the Spirit and walking by the flesh, mm-hmm. and pornography only encourages us to walk by the flesh. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit physically. What does it do physically? Um, before I kind of talk about that, let me just read to you Psalm 32. Uh, it says this, Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. And then listen to what he says here. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away. Through my groaning all day long, for day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Mm. There is literally a physical effect to the sin mm-hmm. uh, in our lives that, that we leave unconfessed. Right. And now here's the beauty of it. When you confess your sin, verse 5 says, I acknowledge my sin to you, and you did not cover my iniquity. Or, and, you, and you did not cover... Oh, sorry. Let me start. So the beauty of it is in verse 5, I acknowledge my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. And when, when we confess things spiritually, um, they have an effect on us physically. Mm. Um, so that's a big part is even our own strength. Well, but you can also, feel it. That's what you're talking about. You like totally. That's what the psalmist is saying here. It's like, ah, this weight that you may not be able to see, yeah. but you can feel it, like the soul weight, yes. right? That's a good way of putting it, soul weight. So there, there's something that's attached to our eyes when it comes to our physical beings and how we actually are able to perform and function. But, but another thing that's just, um, I guess you could put this in the physical category, but uh, you become less social. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you become relationally handicapped, relationally hindered 
um, because of the uh, use of pornography in people's lives. So physically, it, yeah. it's a really big deal. Um, let me talk real quickly about emotionally. Um, those who are consuming pornography on a regular basis are um, consistently operating in one of two extremes, um, either anger or depression. Mm. Mm. And th- these are two major signs for parents to look out yeah, for. Yeah, definitely. That if their young daughter or if their young son is, um, you know, experiencing anger uh, quickly, uh, uh, an enraged temper, all these different things, um, that could be a real clear sign of it. But also depression, sure, just sure. feeling very lethargic and lackadaisical. Um, emotionally, you become really self-indulgent. Um, you actually can't look at pornography without it being a selfish act. Mm. It's always selfish. Um and then emotionally, you just feel tons of guilt. Mm-hmm. And kind of like what you were saying, that soul weight, you're constantly walking around with a secret. Yep. You're constantly yeah, yeah, walking yeah, yeah. around and you're saying, gosh, if someone just knew. And, and we, we want to be known. That's our, our yep. greatest desire is to be fully known and fully loved. Mm. Yeah. But with pornography, there's this shame, there's this guilt that's associated with it that makes us not want to let people know. So we're constantly carrying around the secret and those secrets grow and they fester in the dark and and they really hurt our life so emotionally it's really bad and then mentally uh we become Mm self-focused in fact we can't think about other things when you're diving into pornography thinking about it watching it all the time you actually become so consumed with it that you'll become a sex addict and that's what a lot of people are dealing with in our culture today Mm -hmm. is addiction to sex um i read something that said that young men uh, can look at pornography up to seven to ten times per day mm. and masturbate. Mm. That that that's physically, mentally exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then not only that, but whenever men do get married, um, they're having a hard time being intimate with their wife because they're constantly thinking about the girl on the screen. Yeah, yeah. And, and so it really hurts marriages. So mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, so many effects there. Yeah. One way that I would summarize it is. That pornography distorts our view of God, mm-hmm. it dif- distorts our view of others, and it distorts our view of self. And just a quick explanation is the distortion view of God is that it, it, it affects how we think God sees us, and it affects how we see God. Mm-hmm. It, it turns God really harsh mm-hmm. and opposed to us just constantly, not a loving father mm. anymore, so you know, kind of a, a vengeful, angry, violent judge against us. Mm. And so um, our, our, our posture before him, you know, becomes one is dejected. Mm. And then the view of others is, like you said, it becomes very self-centered, mm. very selfish. You, I'm, I'm going to use you. Mm-hmm. For my own, right. for my own benefit, and then view of self is whether it's depression or anger is that's that's kind of the outflow of your identity mm-hmm. is I'm being shaped and formed by what I view, mm-hmm. and, and kind of even what you said about the young ladies who may look at it that my value is in my actions right. or in how I please a man in that way instead of how I'm loved by God. So true. Ah. Uh, so Barna, once again, let me just read a couple of these things. Barna says that. Male subjects who are looking at pornography demonstrate increased callousness toward women. So they just yeah. they just begin to view women as objects. Um, they they consider crimes of rape less serious. Mm. It just becomes not that big of a deal. Um, they're more accepting of non-marital sexual activity, um, and they are more interested in extreme and in deviant forms of pornography. So once again, you start with this soft core, but it always leads to more. There's mm-hmm. deeper and deeper desires. There's 
greater and greater levels. You, you just you always want more. You're never actually satisfied. Um, subjects who are looking at pornography often say they're dissatisfied with their sexual partner. They're more accepting of sexual infidelity. So that you know, mm-hmm. swingers, this right. is not a big right. deal. Um, and this is really the sad part for me, and I know this is a family podcast, and I know what Forest Hill is doing to promote families, but mm-hmm. men who look at pornography on a regular basis have a decreased desire for children. Hmm. And women who are um, looking at pornography a lot have a decreased desire for a daughter. Hmm. Uh, man, it's just, it, it just wrecks our brain. It, just, yep. it, it changes yep. everything about us. It changes the way we think. It changes the way we talk. It changes the way yeah. that we relate to others. It changes our understanding of God. It changes everything. Yep. And yet people are looking at this as if it's a better option than actually having sex because you, if you have sex, you could have a baby, you could mm-hmm. get an STD, mm-hmm. you could get emotionally tied in with somebody. And yep. so they think, well, this is really not harmful. Yeah. But, but it's incredibly, incredibly harmful. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's so important about the scripture of Psalm 51, when mm-hmm. David cries out for a pure heart, That's right. he understood that when he was operating from an impure heart, mm-hmm. it was affecting everything that he did, mm. and specifically that story that it's connected to uh, with his affair with Bathsheba. Yeah. But when you think about that, God wants us to have that soft and receptive heart right. because then we can become responsive to the healthy things in, in life and faith and, so true. and on and on and on. So I love that. What, I love that. How is pornography influencing um, families? You talked a little bit about uh, kind of the, the um, men and women here, but kind of uh, unpack the, the family dynamics. Yeah, so I just think it's dividing families um, and not so much that they're fighting over it, um, but they're just not relating to each other. Yeah. Um, everyone kind of goes to their own room. They have their own device. Um, it's no longer watching a family movie or doing a family activity. It seems like everyone's kind of got their thing and, and they're doing it. So there, there's less intimacy and closeness mm. and yep. friendship within family. Yeah, yeah. Um, children are less likely to come to their parents with issues or problems because, mm. once again, this secret sin is weighing them down. Right. So there's lack of vulnerability. I mean, there's just so much that happens within the family dynamic when um, when pornography is present in a home. Yeah. There's so much. To that point, when a, when anybody has a secret, everyone becomes a threat. That's right. That's a good point. To that secret, mm-hmm. you know. So if they're hiding this, then who could I trust? Mm. Because everyone becomes a threat, you know. That if it's you know received in a negative way, there could be consequences for yeah. it. And we're going to get to kind of some positive ways to approach that. So let's go there. How can parents talk to their kids about the effects of pornography? Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're spending a lot of time on the negative for sure. Um, cause there's nothing positive to say about pornography. Yep. Um, so you need to talk about the dangers. You need to do the research yourself. You need to focus on what lust and what self-centeredness, what, uh, you know, what that does to your heart, to your soul, to your mind, everything we've talked about so far, you need to focus on that and the consequences. So I think we've talked about that enough, but here's the other side that I would say for parents. Um, You can talk to your children about pornography by talking to them about the benefits of purity. Yeah, that's good. We got to talk about the benefits of purity. So in Matthew 5, 8, it says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they mm-hmm. shall see God. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to see God. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I want my kids to see God. I want my friends. I want my yeah. community. I want us to see God. Yes. And whenever we're looking at pornography, we're getting it clouded. We're, we're getting this distorted view of God, 
but whenever we're living a pure lifestyle, it, it allows us to see clearly. Yep. And so that that's huge. Um, I think you got to talk about the benefits of purity and that even if your child right now is six or if, or if he or she is 10 or 12 or 18, talk about the ability to love your spouse in a pure way. Yep. Start planting seeds right now for a healthy marriage when they're young. Yep. Start talking to them about what, what, you know, what do they want to look for in a spouse? What do they want to be to their spouse? Um, what, what does it look like for them to have a really healthy marriage? And this, this is one of the ways to do that. Yeah. Um, I think also uh, letting especially our young men know that we honor women. Yeah, definitely. We honor them. Yes. We, we, we want to yes. honor them. We want to see them respected. Um, we want to honor their bodies. We want to honor every part of them. That's really good. And that yep. living a, a lifestyle that includes pornography is putting women at risk because um, there is no doubt that sex trafficking is directly mm. linked with pornography. Mm. So by clicking on a link, by watching a video, we are contributing to the sex trafficking industry, yeah. which is one of the most gruesome things that's happening in our world today. Mm. So we got to talk to them about that. We we live to honor. We live yeah. to show respect and dignity yeah. to all people. Let me take a minute to stress that, to go back to the creation story, when God says that men and women are created in the image of God, right? Yeah. That... A woman is not just a body to be consumed, That's right. but a heart to be cared for, a life mm. to be respected, and I love how you said to be honored. So yeah. when, when that's a, a really key message that we communicate to our children, yeah. that everyone is loved by God and everyone is made in God's image. Therefore, no one is to be consumed, That's but right. everyone is to be cherished. That's right. That's so good. Yep. Let me throw one other thing in there um, because I think it's important we need to talk about the dangers. We need to talk about the consequences. We need to talk about what God's Word says. But we also, as parents, we need to have a realistic view of the fact that our kids are going to fall short, not just in this area, but in every area yeah, of yeah. life. And what does it look like to plant seeds of the gospel into the hearts and minds of our children yeah. that tell them, hey, this is what is best for you. This is what God's Word says. This is what obedience and th th this is what it looks like. It's best for you. But when you fall short whether it's lying, mm -hmm. whether it's cheating, mm -hmm. whether it's stealing, whether it's you know using words they shouldn't use, or whether it's pornography, yep. do they understand about the safety net of grace? Yes. Do they understand yes. that the gospel is for them? Do they understand that as you're talking about this, that Jesus died for the men and women who watch it, mm. that Jesus died for the people who film it, that Jesus died for those who are keeping this industry alive and well, and that God is desiring, according to First Peter, He's desiring yeah. to save them and to show them grace. Yep. Yeah. Are, are we talking about the gospel, and are we talking about grace in the midst of our teaching, mm -hmm. or is it just, here's the bar, here's the expectation, don't do it because of these reasons, be pure because of these reasons, and then we don't leave them with anything else. Now, when they fall, when they mess up, they, then they, then it's even worse for them yep. because they know that they failed God and they failed their parents. Yep. So where's the safety net of grace? we got to include that as we talk to yep. our children about this. And that's not saying, hey, no big deal if you do it. It's saying, no, it's a really big deal if you do it. And also, God is a really forgiving and loving and yeah, gracious God. Yeah. Oh, so much good in there. And one thing to just kind of emphasize that it's not about willpower. It's mm -hmm. about God's power, exactly. and grace is God's power exactly to rescue right. us, to save us, uh, to restore these areas of brokenness in our lives. And then I love what you said about the the freedom found through purity. Mm -hmm. Purity gets a bad rap mm -hmm. these days. Be free and do whatever you want to. But Paul said, I, 
I, I can do whatever I want to, mm-hmm. but it's not beneficial. That's right. Anything is permissible, but not everything is glorifying to God. Mm-hmm. So in your freedom, do not use it to sin, mm-hmm. but use it for purity. And lifting that burden of the soul, man, that that is a big, it's a, it's a massive experience to mm-hmm. be able to live within that that flow of freedom there. Yeah, and, let, and let's not make purity feminine. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, let's not make it feminine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want my girls to be pure. And you know what? I want my boys to be pure. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah. Well, and we could talk about the the taboo of virginity, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I believe in second virginity. I think mm-hmm. God redeems sure. that if, if someone's made that decision, you know, sex outside of marriage. But virginity is not the goal. Right. Purity That's right. is the goal That's right. here. So live in purity. That's and, right. and the benefits of that purity in your relationships, in your marriages, are priceless. Amen. Seriously. So true. So give us a, a few practical ways that parents can... Uh, Set up purity in their home, protect their family from pornography. Yeah, so uh, I just have a couple things here. First of all, I would say engage the conversation early and often. Yep. It, it's a both and. It's not just early and it's not just often. It's early and often. Don't think that because you have the birds and the bees talk when your son turns eight that all mm-hmm. of a sudden you don't have to talk about sex anymore. Yeah. It's a constant You have to have that conversation <laughs> around that age, not when they're 16, because they'll be educating you on the that's birds right. and the bees. That's <laughs> so, right. You know, that's right. Early and often. Yeah, there's too many things buzzing and flying yeah, around, yeah, yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> so engage them early and often. Now, here, here's, a, here's a reason why. Parents, don't assume purity. Just don't. Like, don't assume right now that your little boy, your little girl would never do such a thing. Mm. Don't do it. You cannot assume the gospel. You cannot assume that people are saved, and you cannot assume purity. Have realistic expectations. Understand that we live in a world that is completely corrupt and that this is one of the major agendas of the evil one to come against the people of God. And you have to understand that your child may have already and may fall into this in the future. Mm -hmm. So you've got to have realistic expectations. So here's the deal. Engage the conversation early and often, and here's a way you can do that. Look for the warning signs. Mm. Look for them. Study your kids. Be in their life. Be in relationship with them. Don't think you're doing your job just because you fed them a meal and paid the bills. Mm -hmm. Engage them relationally. So here's the warning signs. Depression, lack of motivation, anger, secrecy, uh, private relationships, underperforming in school or at activities, look for these warning yeah, signs and yeah. see what is weighing their soul down yeah. and then preach the gospel to their soul. Mm. So that's the first thing. Engage them early and often. Uh, second thing is this, and this is going to be hard for you parents, but um, I'm going to challenge you to do it. Confess your own sin in mm-hmm. this area. Mm-hmm. Confess your own sin. Let your kids know at the right age that you have also struggled to maintain sexual purity. Mm. There's nothing more freeing for your kids than to know that, hey, my mom, my dad, they're not perfect. I know they're sharing you know, God's intentions for my life, and I know that I should obey those, but man, it, I, I really struggle with this, and they did too. Um, that, that, that lets them know that you're human. Yep. Um, so you will um, have the ability to lead them and influence them if you can relate to them. Mm. So yep. confess your own sin in this area. None of us are sexually pure. Mm. None of us are perfect. We've all fallen short. Be vulnerable and engage them at the right age and talk about the grace of Jesus. Yep. Talk about the way that he restores and redeems things. Talk about this with your kids. So that's the second thing. Confess your sin. Here's the third thing. Um, Set up boundaries in your home. And don't think that you owe your kids a mobile device with internet (laughs) access. Okay? I have a six-year-old little girl. She's almost seven. She Mm -hmm. thinks she's 30. (laughs) She likes to get into my lap when I'm pulling in the driveway, Mm -hmm. and I let her steer as I pull into the driveway. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I would never give her the keys to that car right. and let right. her drive. Right. She would make a mess out of her life, out of her, out of the, the car, out of the neighborhood, out yeah. of everyone. Yeah, 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 this yeah. would be yeah. a really bad thing. Yeah. So don't think that you owe your child a phone because everyone else has a right. phone. Don't think that you owe your child an iPad or um, freedom to just browse the internet. Mm-hmm. No, we, we don't want to be against the things in the world. We need to use the internet. Christians should be using the internet. They need to know how to use it. Yep. Kids at the right age need to learn how to use these devices, but they are not owed a device that gives them free reign on the most dangerous place in the entire world. The yep. most dangerous place in the entire world is not a geographical location. It is the Internet. Mm-hmm. So we got we got to remember that. Now, mm-hmm. um, real practical here, Tim Chalice wrote an article about this um, new device called the Circle. Mm-hmm. And so this yeah. is an amazing thing. You need to research this if you don't know anything about it, but this is how you can protect your family. Um, it sets up the internet to turn off at a certain time and turn on at a mm-hmm. certain time, and it tracks everything that people view on the internet. Yeah. So look into it. I don't have time to explain the whole thing, but here's the one thing that's a downfall about Circle is that it only deals with the internet. It doesn't deal with data plans. So mm-hmm. if you have a phone and you have data, which almost every phone does, or it's an iPod, right? Yeah, once you're outside of the house, right. it doesn't track that. Yep. Right. So if you have a data plan, you can get around yep. the Circle device. So yeah. it's just got to be everything that's only internet focused, and, yep. but it does an amazing job, and parents can really control if and when their kids are using devices and what they're able to access. So yeah. that's another huge thing. And then the last thing, we're just, once again, we're under this topic of some practical ways families can um, engage this. Um, I don't know how else to say this. Guard guard their eyes. Um, Do whatever you can to guard their eyes when they don't even realize what they're watching. Now, look, this isn't just pornography. This is, for our home, this is violence. We don't want our kids watching commercials. with movies that are coming out that's just all about war. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, war is in Chronicles of Narnia and stuff like that, but it's it's a redemptive war. It's mm-hmm. a, there's a reason for it, but so much of it is just fighting for no reason. So mm-hmm. be on the lookout for promiscuity in the way that you know people on TV are dressing and what you yeah. let your, your girls to, to watch. Be on the lookout for pornographic images. Be on the lookout for violence. Be on the lookout for all these things and really teach your kids to guard their eyes. I know, yeah. Todd, you and I used to talk to teenage boys about bouncing their yeah. eyes. Yep. And and I know David Chowick says, "Hey, the first look is free, but you got to pay for the second one, right?" <laughs> yeah, so you will it, pay it, yep, yep. if you see something. You yep. know, Todd always used to say this: "Hey, bounce your eyes." Yep. And David says, "Hey, really be disciplined with your eyes, not to yep. take a second look, but just be careful about the magazine rack at the grocery store. Be mm-hmm. careful about songs and the messages that are in songs. Be careful about commercials. Culture is going to throw this stuff in their face, and parents are responsible to guard." They're children, just like you said, yep. and then teach them to guard themselves. Yep. So that's that's pretty practical, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, those, those are all really great. And I will affirm and say over and over again, that bouncing the eyes saved me. You mm-hmm. know, I to your third point about setting boundaries, mm-hmm. the computer was in the basement at my house. Oh, boy. And that was, it was a dungeon. It was yeah. a dungeon, uh, uh, literally and metaphorically yeah. in some ways. And so I, I would just reaffirm, avoid the basement, the bedroom and put, you know, the, those devices in a public space where everybody is watching. It's you know out in the open, so to help guard against that as well. Those are really really great. Well, let's let's land on just how does the gospel rescue us? Just kind of take it home with that, and then uh, we'll we'll start to wrap it up. Yeah, just love this man. Just 
When, when you don't just understand the gospel for salvation, but you understand the gospel for sanctification, it changes everything yeah. about your walk with Jesus. And so I need the gospel to rescue me over and over and over again yeah. from my actions, from my thoughts, from my attitudes. Um, so a couple of thoughts here about the gospel. It really does rescue us. It, first of all, it rescues us because it forgives us of our sin. Yeah that we're completely free of the debt that we owe God, that we're completely clean in His sight, so it forgives us. So He doesn't hold the sin against us whenever we yeah. come to faith in Him. Um, secondly, I think that the gospel, when we really understand it, it frees us from the feelings of guilt, and it actually allows us to boast in our weakness as people who are desperately in constant need of the grace of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we do make mistakes, the gospel frees us to admit them and confess them within a, co- a community that loves us. Yeah. It frees us to do that, and then based on that confession, um, the Scripture says that we're refreshed, that mm-hmm. there's a refreshing that comes when we confess our sin, just like we saw in Psalm 32. Yeah. Um, we, we get to experience grace again mm-hmm. when we boast in weakness and you know, admit our dependence on Jesus, we get a chance to be refreshed. And I love what it says in 2 Timothy 2, 1. It says, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Mm. So grace is power. Grace is strength. The gospel tells us that even though we sin, God's never going to turn his back on us. Um, He's got us in the palm of his hand. Nothing can rip us out. And here's the really good news. If we wanted to, we couldn't even jump out. Mm. Yeah. That that's eternal security, and, that, and that, that's a huge thing. Yeah. So it forgives us, it frees us of our of our feelings, um, but also it enables us to fight. Right. So mm. so we have the Holy Spirit that is living inside of us, constantly working us to make us more like Jesus. That's the goal. The Spirit is working to make us like Jesus. So when we have the Holy Spirit, that God has now given us the ability and the power to fight our flesh, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, here's what's interesting. Before we have the Holy Spirit and we only have our sin and our flesh, we have nothing that's stronger than those things. We actually can't obey the Word of God because we don't have the power to do it. We keep giving into our flesh. Mm-hmm. But when the Spirit comes and He resides in us and takes place in, in our takes His place in our heart, then something changes. He is living inside of us, and He is more powerful than sin, mm-hmm. right? So I love what it says in Second Peter chapter 1, starting in verse 3. It says that His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Yeah. So because we have the Holy Spirit, we have everything that we need to live the life that God has called us to and to live not only a life, but to live a life of godliness. Yeah. That, that is so, so encouraging. So yeah. look... The gospel is the answer to everything. Hmm. Yeah. It, it forgives us, it frees us, and enables us to fight. But, but then lastly, I would just say this, that the gospel gives us a heart of compassion for others who are struggling with this sin, hmm. and, and it allows us to have empathy and compassion for them. So yeah. look, those who have struggled with this are the best ones oh, to help bring yeah. freedom yeah. and deliverance and healing to other people. Yeah. Th- th- this is what the gospel does. It changes our heart. It gives us a soft heart, and it gives us a desire to help people be set free from the things that we have engaged in ourselves. So it, the gospel gives us purpose here. Hmm. It gives us purpose. Um, and I love this. The essence of the gospel is that what God gives to you, you pass on to others, hmm. right? Now, yeah. you can't pass on salvation, but you can pass on the gospel. So... Yeah. Um, what he gives to you, you pass on to others. So the way we talk about it at our church, we say the gospel is a to you, through you gospel. Mm-hmm. That which has come to you goes through you. So yeah. it's like you're you're a river, you're not a lake, yeah. right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. rivers yeah. are pure. Rivers are constantly flushing themselves out. So mm-hmm. we are a river that the Holy Spirit flows through, that the gospel of Jesus Christ flows through. 
And I think that the gospel rescues us in pornography because when we're saved from this, we actually have a desire to help other people be free as well. Yeah, yeah. So I would say kind of to um, summarize and then uh, promote uh, one of our ministries here at church is find strength through confession, mm-hmm. um, fight in community That's right. with one another. Uh, we do that here at life, in, in life groups. And then it, if you're at this point where your child or your family needs to seek more assistance or even professional help, let's start with care and counseling yeah. here at Forest Hill. And they will uh, get you in their office. They'll start the conversation with you. And if they need to direct you and connect you with you know, uh, more professional uh, counseling groups or companies, they'll point you in that way to gospel-centered Christian uh, counseling mm-hmm. so that uh, you can fight this in a real proactive way. Amen. Well, why don't you give us a final piece of advice uh, to wrap it up here? Yeah, so I'm talking to myself here. Yeah. Um, and I'm talking to every parent who would listen to this. Pray for your kids' purity, and then ruthlessly, ruthlessly fight for it. Yep. Um, they don't realize how important it is, and this is what leadership is. Yep. Leadership is saying, this is important, you don't understand it, I'm going to lead you in this until you understand it for yourself and can mm-hmm. lead yourself. So yeah. um, pray for your kids, and then fight for your kids in this regard. Um and, you know, this is, once again, not just for girls. This is for everyone. This yep. is for all children. Yep. Um, so at, at our church, we're, we're learning more and more about how to pray big prayers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're, we're learning that Ephesians 3.20 really is true. Mm. Um, exceedingly and that, abundantly. Yeah, exceedingly yep. abundantly more. And it actually says the reason we don't um, ask for these things, ask for these type of prayers and these things for God to do is because we don't think that mm-hmm. he can actually do yeah, them. So yeah. here's my prayer, and I know it's bold and I know it's huge, but I'm praying for Charlotte to be a porn-free city. Hmm. Yeah. How, how amazing would it, be it would be if people looked at this issue and said, I want to contribute to Charlotte being a porn-free city. Yeah. I don't want pornography to touch our Internet. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want pornography. I don't want sex trafficking. I don't want anything that that comes as a result of pornography to come into myself, my family, yeah. my church, or this city. I want to bless the city. Yeah. Proverbs eleven eleven talks about the fact that the, a city is blessed because righteous people live there. Mm. So, so let's, you know, let's, let's think that way about our city. We don't just yeah. exist for ourselves; We exist to be salt and light. Yeah. So let's pray that Charlotte would be a porn free city. And yeah. I think it's, it starts with our homes. Yep. And families have a major role in that. And I would kind of tag on to that, uh, a prayer, as well, one of the prayers that I pray for my boys is that that God would guard them against pride and pornography. Oh wow! Pride is I don't need God, mm-hmm. and then pornography affects our view of everything around us. Everything. So let that be a prayer, like Ryan was saying. You know, a porn-free city, but also a porn-free home mm-hmm. uh, and life as our kids grow up. And then the other thing is just let me point you to a couple resources. There is a book series called the Every Man Every Man's Battle, uh, and it covers young men, um, uh, adults women, and then young girls as well. That's by Stephen Arterburn and other authors. And there's a couple websites. There's kind of a web protection uh, website called covenanteyes.com. And then uh, there's one with uh, more stats about pornography and some things that you can do to guard your home at fightthenewdrug.org. Ryan, thanks so much for joining us. This has been really helpful, and I really hope it inspires parents to make faith in Jesus a priority in their family. So Mm -hmm. let me say a prayer for them as we finish. Heavenly Father, give our parents grace, and I pray that they would admit their weakness in in this area 
and that you are our victory. You give us exactly what we need, and I pray that we would depend on you. I pray for pure hearts over boys and girls, over our kids, over our adolescents, over moms and dads who, who need to protect their families. And so I pray for uh, the single mom who is uh, raising children and that she would be fortified by your grace. I pray for the single dad who is trying to navigate this area of parenthood as well. And then I pray for uh, married couples as they, as they seek to raise healthy families who put Jesus first and let the gospel affect every area of their lives. So please guard our families against pornography and its harmful effects. So thank you for this time with Ryan. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Parent on parents, you got this. Thanks for joining us for the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority in their families. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you showed your support by sharing, subscribing, and rating this podcast on iTunes. To watch our services live or find the campus nearest to you, visit foresthill.org.